Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello again, welcome to this week's Man on the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Adam. How are you? Well, I'm good, thank you. You? Good, thank you very much. I've got Emma. Hello. Buda Ostente. Uh, and from the Sunday show, we've got Dave. Hello. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. How are you? Grand, thank you very much. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Champions League games that have happened this week, Premier League games coming this weekend. Uh, Dave is on, so we'll be talking about uh, Steve Bruce. Um, bits and bobs of leagues and other bits and bobs of news. So, first of all, we're going to start with the Champions League on Tuesday. Uh, so, we'll talk about Atletico Madrid 2, Liverpool 3. Um, Liverpool were 2-0 up, then came back to uh, a 2-2 draw with uh, two goals by uh, Antoine Griezmann. Um, I suppose the game turned on Griezmann as well because he was then sent off with a high foot for the red card. Uh, Liverpool then got a penalty with Mario Hermoso fouling Diogo Jota. Um Mo Salah scored that penalty, uh, his second goal. Uh, and then Atletico Madrid got a penalty after uh, Jota fouled Jimenez. Um, referee looked at VAR and decided to overturn it and say it wasn't a penalty. Uh, who uh, who saw this one? I did. You hey, did. This is, this is where if you haven't watched all of the Champions League games, Chris gets angry at you. <laughs> I mean, I, I watched the goal show, so I, I know what's going oh, on. Dave, That's fine. Why have we got Dave on here making people look bad? <laughs> Dave, do you want to do is Should we do some sort of um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Samuel Eto swap, where Adam goes to the Sunday show and you come on here? I mean, who, who wins there? Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris, you're not really in charge. <laughs> well, I am. I just don't dial you up. <laughs> uh, Emma. Yeah. Then I'll just edit you out of the entire show. <laughs> It'll just be you and Emma answering questions. <laughs> no one can hear. Um, Emma, so you saw this then? I sure did. You sure did. Was it a fair result? Uh, no, because that should have been a penalty, and I have no idea why he changed his mind. Bottled um, him. Absolutely bottled him. Yeah, coward. That's what he was. He was a coward. How However, he... Antonio Griezmann lived everyone's dream. Yes, he did. It was Andy Robertson he kicked in the head? Right in the teeth. No, it was it was Roberto Firmino. I think in my dream, um, Emma and I discussed in our dreams how that works. In my dream, all of his teeth fall out when I kick him in the face like that. <laughs> and in mine, there's a lot of blood. You'd rather he kicked Bobby Firmino in the face than Andy Robertson? No, that's not what I no, said. But I just say, that's I say, like in the real dream. That's yeah. That's 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 peak life. That is. <laughs> <laughs> we we never get that. Oh, did you see um, Andy Robertson try and square up to Anton Griezmann and then Rodrigo de Paul just smash him out of the way? Yes. Sounds like, sounds, like, sounds like behaviour for that little rat. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, do you like Andy Robertson? Has he wronged you at all? 
I mean, everyone's wrong me somewhere or other. It's just, I've got to pick your battles when you're as bad as we are, so. <laughs> it's just like a long litany of people. It is. <laughs> he's all right. There's worse people in the league than him. Exactly. He used to play for, for Hull. That's got to be a black mark on him. I mean, Steve Bruce signed him as he continues to remind us. So. <laughs> Um, Emma, so you saw this then? You say you say um, the, the ref bottled it. You say. I mean, in the surely, yeah, he did. surely he did. I know it's a penalty, but surely did the opposite of bottling because in the atmosphere of the wonder, surely going to VAR and then overturning the penalty was not bottling it. Yeah, and then Jurgen Klopp was shouting at him while he was looking at it on the touchline. And so was Simeone. He bottled it, Chris. It was a penalty. I didn't think he it's bottled it. It was a penalty. He gave the one for Liverpool, which was basically the same thing. Yes. Then that was a penalty too, so he had no reason to change his mind. Semantics, it was a terrible decision. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I agree. We were all all robbed of Luis Suarez taking that penalty. Yeah, we were, and he grabbed the ball straight away. It was going to be the first thing he did, and it was like, he's going to score, and it's going to be amazing. Alison would have saved it. No, he wouldn't. Do you not think? No. Um, Which was the nicer goal, Navigators or Mo Salah's first goal? Probably caters just because wasn't there some debate over whether Salah hit Milner or something like that? I think he hit the defender. I think didn't it? Maybe it uh, did hit Milner. They kept trying to decide who it hit off, which I think makes the contest null and void. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. So you're going with um, Navigators? Yeah. What, what do you make of, of Cater? Um, because obviously he scored a good goal, and all I saw on Twitter was people slagging him off and not being very good defensively. I mean, granted, Thomas Lallar went past him like he wasn't there, but still, like, is that what he's there for? Yeah, I feel kind of sorry for him because whenever he gets anywhere near a run of form, um, either Fabinho comes back or he gets injured himself. I don't think he's had a sort of consistent set of 15 games to sort of make his mark on it. He sort of be, seems to be sort of in and out, in and out, and I guess he'll be off to African Nations in January as well. Um, so I don't think we've really had a chance to see the best of him. No, I, I, you would have thought now was the chance to shine, really, because um, you're short of midfielders. Yeah. Um, but, but that's when that that non-challenge on on Lamar was pretty was pretty. Yeah. Like, I think at, it, at that level. Yes. No, I think it was. Um, Adam, did you see this, or are you not watching group games still? No, I was watching a different group game actually. Which one? <laughs> we, okay. Which were you, what were you watching? I'll tell you when we get to that. Okay. And. <laughs> <laughs> um, some stats about Liverpool. They're 21 games unbeaten now. They got 30 goals in the last nine games. Um, all seven away games this season they played, they've scored at least three goals. They're not doing bad, so... Bad stats, so we're not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep coming back to you, Dave. Dave, what do you make of those stats? Well, it's hard to argue with them. They? They're uh, one of the form teams in, in the world at the moment. Um, sorry, Adam, but, uh, you know, the they are they're um, looking pretty strong across across the board and Salah's obviously probably the best player in the world right now oh you can keep coming back mm. <laughs> that wasn't was a ringing yes was it <laughs> didn't fill me with joy to blow smoke up yours and Ali's arse every week <laughs> um, do you make anything of non-handshakes Emma no not not much Simeone said that he doesn't agree with it anyway because why would you want to shake someone's hand after you've just won or lost? He said that if he saw Klopp in the tunnel later, he'd shake his hand mm. like after the game had done. So I don't think anybody making a thing about it is an idiot. 
No. I don't think that makes sense, though, does it? <laughs> I, I'll, shake, I'll happily shake his hand in the tunnel. I'll shake your yeah, hand, but not now. Like, after the game's done and everybody's gone home. After everybody's gone home, we will shake his hand. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, okay, and Jürgen Klopp's calling an interviewer a not very nice person because the interviewer was trying to say you didn't shake hands. Did anyone see this? Why does Klopp pick fights with mostly BT Sport um, interviewers every week? He used to have a real big loving with Des Kelly, but that all seems to have gone very sour the last couple of years. Oh, he's definitely been jolted somewhere along the line. Like, surely he's got bigger things to worry about than, you know, the post-match interview. Well, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? It's not becoming a man of such his qualities. He's just a very angry man, a lot of the time, which is surprising for, you know, as you've said, 21, t- uh, 21 games unbeaten, and he's this mad. Imagine what it would be like when they're losing. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh, also in this group, then, so Porto won Milan nil. Um, so Liverpool are top on nine points. Then Atletico Madrid four, Porto four, and Milan nil. Um, I guess it's the reverse fixture, isn't it, in a couple of weeks' time? Uh, for what's just been paid. Uh, Group A, Club Brugge 1, Manchester City 5, Golf Cancelo 2 for Mares, um, Kyle Walker, uh, and then Carl Palmer. I did briefly think it was Carlton Palmer, but obviously that's a completely different person, isn't it? This is the latest player off the the production line. Adam, is this the game you watched? It's not, though. Isn't it? Or do I tell you, didn't I? I don't know if I had to ask you first or not. No. Um, uh, how long does it take you to realise that Carlton Palmer didn't score a goal for Manchester City in the Champions League this week? <laughs> i got to be honest, um, when I saw Cole Palmer, I thought that was two different players. I thought they were someone called Cole and someone called Palmer as their surnames. So, yeah. Right. All oh, right, like, like, like you'd heard of Cole Palmer before this, you were all over him, were you? No, but like simple, simple like grammar in the way the scores were written would have made me realise it was probably one person. Okay. I, think I, could, I think I could have, I think I could have made that distinction. All right, Piers Morgan. When there wasn't, when there wasn't a number in between Cole and Palmer when the goals were listed. Okay, grammar Nazi. Right, it took Manchester City thirty minutes to score. Uh, Phil Foden was playing some sort of false nine. Um, then uh, it's sort of quite a regular routine fixture this wasn't it it wasn't really sort of anything out of the ordinary that no one didn't really expect yeah it's to, you know total opposite ends of the resource scale and the result reflects that so I don't think there's, thing, there's an awful lot you can take from it no I don't think so I think when Adam says he doesn't watch Champions League games I'm guessing this is what you've got in mind is it it's just one of the many reasons yeah uh, okay, going on to uh, Paris, PSG 3, RB Leipzig 2. Uh, two goals for Lionel Messi, including a rather lovely Penenka. Uh, Kylian Mbappe uh, also scored. Uh, Andre Silva and Mikaleli also scored two Angelino assists. Um, PSG came from behind. Um, I've seen PSG a couple of times this season. They, I know they've got 9 out of 10 wins in uh, League 1, but there's been quite a few times where they've either sort of had to come from behind or leave it late to win. They don't strike me as playing brilliantly well do they Emma uh, I don't watch them because I hate them because <laughs> they stole him oh I don't care about him he he could have made a better choice with his life but I hated them before him you were always Red Star Paris where you when you lived there no I 
didn't ever go to football in Paris. Didn't oh, you? Apart from to the Champions League final. <laughs> the one you won? Yes. <laughs> You've selected very carefully the, your games you attended. <laughs> yeah, it's the only way to do it. Uh, the 37th team that Lionel Messi has scored against uh, in the uh, Champions League, so breaking Please records don't there. Please to name them all. Oh, okay. Emma. <laughs> uh, and Kylian Mbappe doing his very best Chris Waddle impression in the 94th minute as he smashed the ball over the bar um, from a penalty Lionel Messi uh, on a hat-trick gave up his chance to take a penalty and um, that's how Kylian Mbappe rewarded him what a monster uh, <laughs> uh, so PSG top on 7 points then City on 6 Club Brew 4 and RB Leipzig nil uh, in Group C um, Besiktas just won uh, Sporting Lisbon 4 and then Ajax 4 Borussia Dortmund 0 um, Sebastian Haller's 6th goal in 3 Champions League games a feat that has only been matched by uh, Erling Haaland when he was at Salzburg uh, also featured a rather lovely Anthony goal I do like Anthony it reminds me a little bit of uh, Ricardo Caresma anyone see the goals from this at all? I watched the whole game Chris did you? I did talk us through it then you absolute hipster Dortmund were terrible, absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Ajax could have won 8-0. Okay, so... Um, no, sense, no sense of an exaggeration, Dortmund were awful. What were they doing so wrong then? Uh, defending. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Anything in particular with the defending? Were they defending too deep, too high? They weren't. They weren't doing either? All of they, the above. All no, they weren't <laughs> defending. Okay. Honestly, they were being absolutely... It was atrocious. Was it fun to watch? Uh, no, they were that bad that it wasn't even fun to watch. Oh, really? Yeah. That's it. Harlan didn't play well. So no one collect, no one individually played well. It was sort of a collective mess, was it? It was a, a, a full-on collective mess, yeah. Dortmund barely threatened. Um, just, it was like, it was like watching a team in from, it was... <clears throat> Ajax could have been several divisions above the, the Dortmund on the performance you watched there if you just went, if you didn't know who the teams were and you just watched the game. Who impressed you from Ajax? Uh, Anthony, Anthony was good, yeah. Tadic. It was a very impressive <clears throat> team team display. They, they just... Look, they just dominated, really. They did absolutely. Honestly, eight 0 is not an exaggeration, sort of. Okay. And how bad things could have got. Uh, well, Ajax are top on nine points. Uh, Dortmund still in second on six. Shakhtar on three, and Besiktas on uh, null point. Uh, Group D uh, into three. Sheriff one. Shakhtar nil. Uh, Real Madrid five. Uh, a rather nice couple of uh, Vinicius Junior goals in this one. Solo effort. One with a rather. Uh, very tasty, Luka Modric assist. Uh, so Sheriff is still top. There's top on six points, then Real Madrid on six, into four, and Shakhtar on one. Uh, on Wednesday, we go to Old Trafford. Uh, Manchester United three, Atalanta two. Goals from Marcus Rashford. Um, not Kevin Maguire, he's a journalist. Harry Maguire uh, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, they responded after Manchester United with 2-0 down, thanks to Pasolac and uh, a Demerol header. Uh, Manchester United again conceding from set pieces. Um... Manchester United, when they were 2-0 down, the BBC uh, said that the team had booed off at half-time. Did anyone see the goals from this at all? Or anyone seen a highlight of this? I, wa- I watched the whole game. Both you watched the whole yeah. thing? Wow. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so tell me about the whole thing, Emma. Minute uh, one. 
that, is it? Well, you've already told me about Ajax. I need to let everyone talk equally. It was true chaos. In what way? Manchester United had no game plan at all, or in what way? They had no midfield. Ever have a game plan? Do you not think? You don't think? Uh, you think? Do you think? Um, Oli just lets them go out there and play as they please, or is there any sort of tactical now behind his it? Current game plan is pass it to Ronaldo. <clears throat> oh really? Okay. It was very much. It was very much sort of the old school four-two-four formation that you used to be able to deploy on the the version of. FIFA I had on my Game Boy. <laughs> what year was that? Well, I was young enough to have a Game Boy. Uh, and it was before my parents split up, so I would have been six. So was that the one so, with David Platt on the front? 1994? Yes, that's the first one with David Platt on the front. That's when you could score yeah. from the kickoff against Scotland. Well, this is a Game Boy version. I don't know how to such... All I know, all all I'd learned at the age of six was that if you dribble to the corner of the box and press shoot, you're pretty much guaranteed to score. Yep, that's right. I had the Mega Drive version. <laughs> Dave, what version did you have? Um, my first fifth was '97, so oh, get lost, Dave. Find the curve, are you too? That was the one with Jinder on the front. It was. Chris, Chris was playing this version with his friends at university. When he was at <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That was the one with them, Jinder, where you could play indoor football, wasn't it? Ninety-seven. It was. Yeah. It was. It was a. It was a good baptism. Yeah. Ninety-eight was a strange one because they gave Michael Owen a beard, didn't they? I mean, I don't. I don't remember that particular detail. I'll be honest. <laughs> the, first, the first console one I had was ninety-nine, which was Dennis Bergkamp. That was a good version, actually. That was quite a decent one. Anyway, this isn't. If we want to go on one of, want to go on one of Ross's sort of vintage game podcasts, just ask him. <laughs> That's me done, really. <laughs> now, uh, the only other game really I could talk about is Dizzy oh, with no. the, the egg in the boxing gloves. Oh, oh I'll right. talk about Dizzy all night. Can we? Oh. But, but, but we probably shouldn't. Ross. <laughs> <laughs> have you got a, yeah. um, have you got an Apple phone or have you got um, anything Apple at all, Dave? Yes. Because you can buy Dizzy on the App Store. I, I did it when it came out. Did uh, you? Prince of the Yoke, Prince of the Yoke folk, yeah, but it's, no, it's not compatible now. So you need to go and buy yourself an Evercade, Chris, if you haven't already. <laughs> What's an Evercade? <laughs> I knew that was coming. So, an, an Evercade is, is a handheld console for well, all sorts of old games, but they've released uh, like an Oliver Twins cartridge, which has maybe seven or eight of the old Dizzy games on. Oh, okay. Um, and it's, it's either handheld or you can plug it in your telly, and it's great. I might look into getting one of those then if I can remember what it's called. Uh, <laughs> Christmas, Christmas is coming, Chris. Christmas is, yeah. You, you write a letter to Santa just now. <laughs> trying to sort one out for you. Excellent. Um, so back realize, to... realise you're getting DM'd, Dave, like, tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> Dave. So again, and then again next week. Like, I, I know you could have been somewhere in half an hour, but what was the name of that thing? Like, no, man. <laughs> uh, back to Old Trafford. There's a Paul Pogba's drop, wasn't he? Did they? Um, who was it in midfield? Then was it Fred and McTominay? Was it? That was their midfield, yeah. The that dream was team. Was it? <laughs> and were they fairly overrun by uh, Ilicic and everybody? No, I, I don't know. I've. I don't think Man United had plenty of chances in that first half. They weren't good, but they had chances mm. for about five minutes. No, but they had just enough chances that, especially that one at the end when Rashford hit the bar at the end, just uh-huh. before half time. Um, 
there was enough chances that yours truly actually bet on Manchester United at six to one to win at half time. So did he feel inevitable? Very pleased with himself. <clears throat> yeah, just got to get that in there. Did it feel inevitable when the first goal went in that this was going to be one of those sort of? You know, we've all sort of we've all been there during sort of Fergie's Manchester United time where they're losing and then they get a goal and you can sort of you can feel the ball being sucked into the net. Did it feel inevitable that it was going to be Man United win or? No, after the second goal, it did. It did by the second goal, yeah. By the first goal, because Man United had been so profligate in front of goal, the fact I'd actually at like thirty seconds before Rashford scored told Emma that. Um, Marcus Rashford was wasteful. <laughs> the timing was it was really beautiful. Probably, probably as I was watching on a stream, probably at, for me it was yeah, he fine. But just as, 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 <laughs> as I was getting it in real time, as the goal goes in, just yeah, Marcus Rashford's a waste of space. Um, <laughs> See, it, they were so profitable, and the fact that he scored that, you didn't think, oh. Well, all of a sudden, their finishing is going to turn around, and because they still carried on to, I think they hit the bar and the post again in the second half. When was the De Gea double save? De Gea had to make some good saves. De Gea made a double save at two-one, so that was yeah, before that was before Maguire's goal. Um, Maguire had a, a a free header from I think from a corner where he sh- probably should have scored and didn't put it far enough either to either side of the goalkeeper. So at 2-1, they were still letting chances slide. Yeah. But, like Emma said, once it was 2-1, you just felt like, yeah. So what changed? This, what did This you... is going to happen. And you can also, also, if you were probably deep down honest with yourself, you're like, yeah, <clears throat> they're going to win this and Ronaldo's going to score the next goal, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So what changed? Did Atlanta do anything wrong or did United do anything right? Or what was the... Um... What was the sort of thing that tipped it? Atlanta started getting a lot of yellow cards. Yeah, after the after the first goal, Atlanta is... I'm not sure if you'd say their head went for a little bit, but there was about a five-minute period where I think they picked up two or three yellow cards. They, um, one of their central defenders went off injured, so they were, ended up with a very inexperienced back line. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, but, like I said, Manchester had chances. It was, as... As Paul Scholes said in the half-time coverage on BT Sport, he just said that because of Manchester United's formation, they were, like I said, it's no joke to say that they were playing Rashford, uh, Greenwood, Ronaldo, and Fernandes was basically playing in a front four, that it kind of led to a game that was almost basketball in nature and sort of, you could see Man United doing that, but you also could, like, the they could have lost 4-0, perhaps. If they're finishing it, carried on that way. Okay. Did you watch this, Dave? Uh, just a goal show. So I've seen the goals and major instances. Um, it's been the same for Man United pretty much throughout the season, though. Like I, I don't think that pretty much any of their front players gel together. You know, you got Ronaldo these days pretty much thrives on you know balls in the box like his goal. Um, he's not going to really get that from from Greenwood particularly. Um, he hasn't had it from Sancho so far. Playing Marshall out there is going to be the same. Rashford's probably not going to help particularly with that. He seems to be, as you said, man earlier, more the type who's going to cut in field and, and basically play as like a second striker from from the left. So none of that front four particularly gel. I thought Fernandez was far too far forward to really have an influence on the game. Um, it's uh, it's but it's been the case since since you know day one um, of, of Solskjaer's time there. And it, 
it just relies on good individual moments to, to get them through games and unfortunately they've got lots of talented individuals who can do that but one day his luck will run out what was that device called Evercare <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem with Dave is that his, his luck is so um, uh, inconsistent that I, I don't know whether it will like I wouldn't be surprised if he beats Liverpool tomorrow on Sunday sorry no I wouldn't um, be he beats Liverpool on Sunday and then they lose four games but he just can live off this for mm, yeah they, they, like this is enough energy to, to sustain him for the next three months well we we said on the Sunday show that's gone that if Solskjaer had lost Atlanta on Wednesday and lost Liverpool next weekend I think they've got uh, oh yeah I want to say Spurs and Man City is the next two maybe it's someone in Man City anyway um, and then there's the national break that would have been the prime time to, to maybe move him on um, however, you know, as you said, that, that Atlanta win, all of a sudden they're not really in that much danger of being eliminated at the group stage, so they'll probably stick with them for a bit longer. Um, Perhaps. He's been through... there's, there's still a chance, though, that he loses to Liverpool, he loses to those two games. The Atlanta the Atlanta game uh, away comes around, and all of a sudden he's still on, what, six points? Uh, uh, yes, I think so. Yeah, 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 that's right. I mean, the potential for that there is, but you just know that he'll pick up. Just it's just every time he every time he's on his knees, he picks up enough goodwill to get by again, and then just keeps flirting with the the line. And you, and long may it continue. Well, that's it. I mean, it means that they'll never really challenge for anything major whilst he's in charge they might you know fluke a, a league cup or even an FA cup maybe but um, they're never going to damn it you know, over 38 games or a whole Champions League campaign he, he can't survive that surely so. um, no. um, Chris did you listen to have you listened to this week's no not this week's today's Football Weekly yet yes um, I thought that there was a quite interesting point made by Johnny Liu about about the sort of the Manchester United setup and about how maybe there's and I don't believe that anyone in Manchester United is clever enough to have this sort of level of thinking. But maybe this idea that they've sort of said, right, well, Liverpool are, in, uh, are very good. They're, they're on a sort of the crest of a wave at the moment. Manchester City are very good, but Klopp and Guardiola aren't going to stay there forever. Why don't we just bide our time with Solskjaer until, until those two scurry away and then when the Premier League's maybe a little bit more competitive, they'll really sort of put all their chips on the table. I can't see that working because in that time, obviously, if they don't get relegated, Newcastle are definitely be on their way up. Um, and... Yeah, but, Liv- but Newcastle are coming to kill off Liverpool. <laughs> but Liverpool and Manchester City... I don't City... know why you don't feel more afraid. <laughs> Liverpool and Manchester City will still be able to attract top quality managers. Uh, Chelsea... Do you, remember, do you remember when you were signing Andre Verne? <laughs> <laughs> it's not always top class players, is it? No, but that was pre-FSG. So I can see, you know, Klopp's going to go in a couple of years' time. I think he said end of the 2024 season. I think Liverpool will still be able to attract a, an excellent manager by that point. Same as Manchester City will. So it's not like United are going to sort of bide their time with us and then, you know, get rid of Solskjaer and bring in someone X themselves. Why would someone go to them when they can go to Manchester City as manager? And that's including whether Thomas Tuchel gets his um, contract that goes to the end of this year extended or not. He may well do. He's still not extended that contract. I don't think they have, have they? Well, he only won the Champions League. God. <laughs> uh, 
Um, right. They've learned. They don't want another demon. What if, what if he's another demon tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> you ask him this time next year, don't worry. <laughs> uh, let's bring Robin. So, Young Boys uh, lost four at home to uh, Villarreal. So, Manchester United are top on six points. Atlanta and Villarreal on four. Young Boys on three. Chelsea four, Malmo nil. Uh, Andres Christensen with his first goal in 137 games for Chelsea. Two Jorginho penalties and Kai Havertz. Pretty sort of, uh, um, pretty sort of, pr- pr- sort of a procession. This Chelsea had 73% possession, uh, 20 shots compared to Malmo's two. Probably the big thing from this, they've lost Lukaku and Timo Werner um, through injury, so that's probably going to affect them this weekend. So if you've got any of those in your fantasy team, like I have, you need to get shot of them pretty quick. Anyone see this, or should we? If Timo Werner didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all, would he? <laughs> well, he did miss one from pretty much a yard out, didn't he? Probably less than a yard out. I didn't really understand why um, Tuchel played Lukaku because he said in the in the press conference before the game that he thought he was he was tired and needed a bit of a rest. Um, and without you know disrespecting Malmo, if you can't rest against Malmo. Who are you going to rest him against? Exactly. Um, and they, obviously they won four 0 but it's, it cost them two strikers. Yeah. Um, it's not a position that you know they've got lots of depth in to be honest. I mean, it's going to be Havertz, and that's about it really, isn't it? Going Pulisic is still out. Yeah. No telling um, Abraham anymore. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, luckily it's it's only Norwich this weekend, but um, I think the pair of them are going to miss a few games by the sounds of it. So yeah, back backfired a little bit. Uh, also in that group, Zenit lost one 0 at home to Juventus. Uh, Kulusevski goal in the eighth sixth minute. So Juve top of nine, Chelsea six, Zenit three, Malmo nil. Group E, Emma, uh, Barcelona one, Dinamo Kiev nil. Uh, a PK volley, um, first Champions League goal for Barcelona in two hundred eighty-seven minutes. Uh, so Junior Dest and Ansu Fati had good chances. A little quiz for you, Emma. Oldest player, mm-hmm. uh, Gerald Piquet, the oldest player to score in the Champions League for Barcelona since 2008. Who would that have been? I don't know. Fullback. Giovanni Rebroncost. No. Danny Alves. No. Danny Alves isn't... Uh, no. Arsenal and Manchester City legend fullback. Oh, Belletti. No. That's man's uh, Chelsea. Well, it seems to um, be sponsored by Manscaped. He was Brazilian. Ha. Huh. Silvino. Oh, okay. Would you never have got that you in a million years? I forgot he was a thing. <laughs> 2008, really? God. Yeah. You know, you know, Gerard had to score that on the volley, though, Chris, because he's not allowed to let things touch the floor anymore. <laughs> oh, the Balloon World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you watch this, Emma? Or did you yeah. see highlights? Nope. 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 Okay. I have, however, watched some of the Balloon World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I will watch the Balloon World Cup when it is a thing because it sounds and amazing. I, and I will be looking into how to enter. Yeah, I will. Well. I, I mean, sure, there's a chance Gerard Piquet will buy the Balloon World Cup like he did the Davis Cup in tennis. And all of a sudden, <laughs> he already owns it. Oh, does he? Oh, well. Goodness me. He got him on the ground floor this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Benfica nil, Bayern Munich 4 in that group as well. Um, Lira Sane with two goals, an own goal, then Robert Lewandowski. Rather nice free kick by Sane. Um, Benfic- how annoyed Strefan Shakira is that she couldn't get booked for the halftime show at the Balloon World Cup? <laughs> I hope she does it. Well, she's, she probably, does it. she's still escaping bears, isn't she? Not bears, boars. Boars, sorry. Oh, that rogue vowel. <laughs> Bears, you know, bears. <laughs> bears, the Happy Mondays. There, is, there are no bears in the city, but there are wild boars. Okay. Uh, yeah, Benfica pretty resolute till the... Famously um, no bears. 
<laughs> We've got Bear Patrol. We've got a stealth fighter with anti-bears on it. No bears Madrid. allowed. They're all in Madrid. That's why there's a bear on Atleti's badge. Yep. Uh, they all play the bear tax as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first goal was on 70 minutes for uh, Bayern Munich. So um, Benfica pretty resolute till then. And then it was the 80th, 82nd, 84th minute. So they sort of the floodgates open. So Bayern on top on nine. Benfica four first points of Barcelona. Woohoo! Uh, they're on three. Dinamo one. Maybe we will qualify for the Europa League after all. Maybe you will. Uh, then you have to play Thursday, Sunday for the rest of the season. Wouldn't that be fun? Excellent. Well, I have to play on Monday night. Oh, yeah, Monday night. Yes, that's right. We're there in mid-table. That's right. We do play Monday nights now. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Group G, RB, Salzburg three, Wolfsburg one. Uh, Addy Amy and two goals for uh, Oka four as well. Uh, and Lille nil, Sevilla nil. So Salzburg on seven points, Sevilla three. Lille 2, Wolfsburg 2. Uh, right, leagues um, this weekend. So, in Spain, uh, Real Sociedad are top on 20 points, and then uh, Real Madrid, Sevilla, and Atleti all on 17 points. So, this weekend, it is first v fourth as Atleti play Real Sociedad, Sevilla play uh, Levante, uh, and then small matter, uh, Emma, this weekend of the Clasico. Correct. Uh, where Ansi Fati were playing with his new contract, weren't he? Yeah, he resigned until 2027. And if I wanted to buy myself an Ansi Fatty, what is his release clause? Uh, I, th- I think you need a billion. Billion euros? Yeah. That's a lot of euros. We've got you, that, don't worry. You used, to, <laughs> you used to think that Neymar was safe on 200 and something million euros, so I'm really looking forward to, to PFI just turning out. First of January, Dave <laughs> turns up at La Masia with a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two billion euros in cash. We'll take Fatty and Pedro, please. Thank you. How are beans? I got myself a suitcase full of money for you. <laughs> we, we could not turn it down either. Was that close, Dave? That was actually quite close, yeah. I was trying to be Keith Fit from Gigglebiz if you're onto him yet. I'm not, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, the last European to score a, cla- uh, a hat-trick in a Classico, Emma. The last what? The last European player to score a hat-trick in oh, a Classico. Oh, nobody, nobody from Europe scores goals in that Classico. So when do you reckon it was, or who do you reckon it was? The South American thing. Yeah. Anyone want to help uh, her? Uh, it's, gonna, it's not going to be as obvious as you would ask us. It's not, no. Yeah. So, I'll is get the obvious ones out of the David Villa? Uh, no, it's not David Villa. Not Karen Benzema. You have to go back no. further. Further. On Further. Further. Oh, God. Raul. Just said Raul. Yeah, but he was both he was both before and after, so you can't go back. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like Michael Owen, was it? Further. Oh goodness. Uh, Stefano. Uh, later. <laughs> I mean, he was from Argentina, so I don't think he counts. Played for Spain, though, didn't he? And Colombia. That doesn't still make him from Argentina he was still Argentine it was the 1980s oh no. come on is it Gary Just Lineker it's Gary Lineker. Lineker yeah wow that's, uh, that's a long a good start Chris fair play a long time ago uh, so how are you feeling about this then this is going to be at the um, Bernabeu isn't it nope no. isn't it it's going to be swing and a miss <laughs> <laughs> Literally. 50-50 <laughs> chance. <laughs> Always go with what's not written on the paper, Chris. Have you not learned this? Damn it. 
close. Yeah. Oh. It's not going to take place at La Masia, is it? <laughs> what for the amount of people that are going to be there? Yeah, it's going to be pretty empty. Someone commented uh, today on um, a podcast, I think it was probably Football Weekly, that with the so few people attending the Barcelona game in midweek, uh, it was obvious to see how much the red seats at the new ca- or the Camp Nou need replacing. Because there's it's like yeah, a, because a faded the ones pink. at the top, all, they've gone all grey because of sun damage. They've been, yeah, they've been sunbleached. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so what do you reckon then? Home advantage, obviously. Yeah, that means shit. Uh, we're gonna lose four <laughs> nil. Are you, are you gonna watch it? No. Are you no, not? I'm, no, I'm not. I'm gonna watch Manchester United Liverpool instead because I don't need to invite that pain into my life. Well, you, uh, Manchester United Liverpool starts at half past four. Classico starts at um, quarter past three or oh, an hour later. Yeah, so you. they overlap. Yeah, but you can watch the first half in a bit, can't you? I won't. No, I won't. I will not watch Ronald Coleman botch another Classico. I just, I just won't do it. Stop trying to make Classico happen, Chris. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it for you, Chris. I'm just not going to do it. Well, I'll be watching it myself. It'll just be me watching Coutinho sort of knock them over the bar from 25 yards, will it? I've seen that enough times in my life not to want to not see it again. <laughs> Dave Adam, cheer her up. It's going to be okay, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Don't make, don't make us do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be, you know in the olden days, Chris, when they, when they had a firing squad, they didn't used to tell the people who had the bullets, <laughs> don't just line us up to be the ones that go, oh, it's, it's them, they've got the bullet. <laughs> if, if either of them say it's okay, then they're lying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, what about Atleti versus Real Sociedad then? What do you reckon that's going to happen, Emma? Uh, I hope Sociedad win because they're nice. But there's, I think Atleti will probably win. There's no um, Ayazabal, is there? No, did he get injured or was he... I think, I don't know. I think Sid Lowe in the Spanish football podcast said he was uh, injured. Yeah. That's I a shame. Like, He's their best one. I feel like Sociedad come out of the blocks every season at 100 mile an hour and atop the league around this kind of time. And then they fade away, never to be seen again. They do, and they have... Uh... Europa League as well this season. Oh yeah. So it just, just ties them out even more, and they're just, <laughs> just in their exactly, desperate attempt yeah. to cling on to fourth, and they end up they end up finishing fifth, and the cycle continues. Have they not is, won? Um, Come, sorry. Is David Silva there? Is that right? That, that, that's where he went. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. He must be like forty by now, though. <laughs> Have they um, not, not won a lot of their games, sort of one nil or by the odd goal? So defensively, they're quite solid this season. Yeah, they don't seem to be scoring a lot of goals this season because I don't think he's Isaac usually. Well, last season in particular was scoring a lot of goals for them, but he doesn't seem to have much this season. But he's probably tired because he's not had a break. So okay, he's nineteen. He doesn't need a break, does he? <laughs> Uh, okay, in Italy, uh, Napoli are top with 24 points. They're on maximum points so far after eight games. Uh, then Milan on 22, into 17, Roma 15. Uh, so it's Bologna, AC Milan, Roma, Napoli. Uh, and the big eat, Derby d'Italia, is Inter versus Juventus. Um, Germany, uh, I haven't written the points down. So Bayern, Dortmund, Bayer Leverkusen, Freiburg. Um, so I forgot to write the, point, the actual points they've got down. Uh, That's a job. I know. Uh, Bayern versus Hoffenheim, Armenia versus uh, Borussia Dortmund, 
Köln versus Bayer Leverkusen and Wolfsburg versus Freiburg. In France, PSG on 27 points, nine ahead of Lens, uh, and then Marseille on 17 points. Uh, so it's Lens v Metz, but also this weekend it's Le Classique. Um, Dave, that's French for the classic. Ah, okay. okay. There you go. Who's in it though, Chris? Uh, same as every year, Oxford and Cambridge. Um, ah. Marseille PSG. You're assuming he's written the sheet, like you're written it down on his paper <laughs> right now. So, got home advantage, Chris. Uh, Marseille got home advantage. I did Have do. A, they? I did do. A, <laughs> I did do a check this because we will be um, getting the sight of Neymar having to take corners underneath riot shields this weekend, which is always uh, pleasurable to watch. <laughs> it's not its first time. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, okay, other bits and bobs. It is Ajax versus PSV in the MLS. Is the Texas derby? Is Austin play Houston? Uh, and in Chile, it is Colo Colo versus Universidad Católica. I think it means Catholic University, doesn't it, Emma? Well done, Chris. Okay. It means uh, it means Pepsi, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you imagine that. Uh, okay, bits and bobs of news. Nigel Adkins has been sacked after seven months in charge of Charlton Athletic. They are twenty second place. Um, they've only won two out of thirteen so far this season. Um, Union Berlin club officials have been attacked at Rotterdam uh, Rotterdam restaurant ahead of their Conference League games, uh, where quote unquote dozens of people uh, held chairs at them and several arrests were made. Gianni Infantino wants a consensus on a biannual World Cup before a summit with all 211 members in December. Um, he also said that the days of one country hosting a World Cup are pretty much gone. Can anyone see anything or any advantages why we should have a biannual World Cup? What's the point of a, of a summit when you, if you already have a consensus? I think you had a, the summit this week was with about 20 um teams and uh, sort of 20 nations and then they want a consensus before it goes to every member in december philippe claire was talking about this on the podcast yesterday i think i'm just astounded by the arsene wenger u-turn on this who yes. years stood there being like oh we are tired and now it's like oh two years every two years you'll play and then every other summer you'll play you know europeans or your cup of america or whatever's going on is he, he's even got the balls to say that he would have been pro this had he been the Arsenal manager. How, how far away are we from having um, uh, Arsenal Wenger led into a police car covered by a hotel station? <laughs> I think it's almost inevitable. Has he um, got cats in an apartment in New York? Um, he's, he's probably gone up in the one now. He's probably got like Komodo dragons. And... <laughs> Uh, Karim Benzema uh, is gone on trial this week, though he hasn't actually bothered turning up himself. Uh, accused of being complicit in the blackmailing of Matthias Valbuena uh, over the existence of uh, certain sex tapes, he denies all charges against him. Emma, has this been reported in Spain? Yeah, it sure has. Um, uh, uh, what are papers saying? Just that, or reporting the facts of the case, Chris. Oh, okay. <laughs> no one's giving him. Yeah. No one has got. No one's been sort of voicing, you know, innocence for Benzema or something, have they? If you work for Marker, that's yeah. Part free of the line. free the Benzema one. Yeah, Balondor for Benzema. I do, speak... they still, do, do they still do that thing in courtroom cases where like someone has to sketch the um, the person on trial? Remember these, like when like, yes. Hans Hager was on trial and someone was there, like sketching him. Um, <laughs> so, so like if someone's on video link, do they just sketch like a screen with someone sat on it, or is it not good with that to that extent? Do you think Benzema wears his um, arm in plaster to uh, court as well as on the pitch? He just said he wasn't going. I know, but when he has to go, <laughs> he's he's not going to go. <laughs> he might have to go. He might not have any choice. 
Speaking of not being having any... Are you expecting an Interpol red notice anytime soon, are we? <laughs> Speaking of not having any choice, Lucas Hernandez, remember we spoke about him last week? Uh, he's been given 10 days to voluntarily... I still got my head around this. <laughs> yeah, it still doesn't still make any sense. I still haven't worked out how I'm a happily married man has ended up in prison because he's spent too much time with his wife. Well, he's been given 10 days, so he's got to the 28th of October to quote, quote, voluntarily go to prison after violating the court order from him contacting his partner. Dave, did you hear this? I presume you've listened to last week's show, obviously. Yeah, I, I heard the, uh, the the story. I still don't understand it, but is he going, part, to, is he, is he going to prison? Part of me thinks it's because we've got Chris explaining it to us. Because <laughs> I've not read this anywhere else. <laughs> I've got a dartboard with basically a subject, a football player, and dates on it. <laughs> Is there a chance that they're not actually happily married? You mean like uh, Mario Riccardi and Wanda? <laughs> oh, God. I'm liking to think that they're, um, they can be really happily married and then really unhappily married. I reckon they're sort of like... It's like um, uh, Ron and Tammy Swanson. Um, okay, well, Hernandez <laughs> is just going to turn up in a police station wearing just a commode. <laughs> he's wearing that kimono and he's got a cornrow. Yeah. Um, Excellent. England have got a two-game stadium ban, one suspended after the Euro 2020 final. Uh, I'm kind of surprised, like some people are, it wasn't more because it was sort of deplorable those scenes, wasn't it? I think we probably got away with one a little bit there. I think I think an alcohol an alcohol ban would be better. Like that's the, the cause of all these problems. And the solution <laughs> to. I don't, I do, I'm, yes. not sure I, I'm not sure I agree, Dave, because I think the problem, what's actually required is a, a cocaine ban, and I think we've technically <laughs> already got one of those. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Uh, go on. I, you say that, that, but I actually, right, is it not a little bit tame compared to some of the other stuff that we see, like, it was people busting into a, a stadium and forcing their way in. But uh, it wasn't tens of thousands of people. It was in, in organised no in organised uh, militia shirts shouting racist abuse at players. I'm imagining if you were a small child attending Euro 2020 final, it was a very scary experience. Yeah, I just I just thought it was a bit tame for a two games stadium ban, considering other things get like. £20,000 fines. What Adam is saying is that those kids should be tougher. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, what else have we got? So the Asian Champions League semis this week. Um, So Al Nasser beats Al Hilal 2-1, both of Riyadh. Um, Emma, you watched this, didn't you? Yeah, Chris, you made me. (laughs) (laughs) So Taliska scored um, either side of a Musa Morega and uh, Al Dusk. Del sorry, go. <laughs> I knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> I'm gonna go get a cookie while you try and work out how to pronounce it. <laughs> what did you reckon to this then? Mr. Morega took his goal well, didn't he? Mr. Morega's goal was really good. Yeah. I can't believe he plays though. He, should, he could do better for himself. Oh, he could have, yeah, he could have stayed at Porto and done a good job for another couple of years, couldn't he? He really could, yeah. Um, and then also uh, an all South American affair as Ulsan Hyundai uh, drew 1 1 with Pohang Steelers. Um, but that was after extra time, and then Pohang Steers went through four, five on or five, four on penalties. Adam, are you back? I mean, uh, he's not, but I'm fairly sure that wasn't a South American affair, was it? South, did I say South American? I meant South Korean. 
Oh, well, <laughs> that makes more sense. Let's take him. You definitely well, said South American. Did I? Really, really yeah. relax the rules around how you get in the Asian Champions League these days. <laughs> I mean, they let Australian teams in. Well, yeah, but they, they, guess they, team. well, they went all in, though, didn't they? Because they play their qualifiers in, in Asia now, don't they? Yeah. So they they <laughs> probably just said, like, we are now Asian. <laughs> That's fine. That's true. <laughs> Adam, are you back? Yes. Good, because the person that scored for Pohang Steelers was Alex Grant, who has played for Haven't and Waterlooville, Eastleigh and Pompey. Uh, Portsmouth, they're all local to you, aren't they? Yeah, unfortunately, um, as my brother plays for Gosport Borough, Gosport Borough, I had to be anti all of those teams. Oh, but the very plays for Gosport Borough? He does. Well, for the for their development team, he's, he's only little. Oh, OK. Let's, let's be real, he doesn't always play, does he? Every time I've got, he has been a sub, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and finally in news um, Kylian Mbappe has become a godfather to uh, twin pandas born in a zoo southwest of Paris Um, the pandas which are both 10 weeks old and weigh 4 kilos each currently um, and local zoo director uh, Delphine Delord said it's an honour for the zoo to have top athletes leaning over the panda cradle isn't that nice I mean I'm not really sure he's a you know, an actual godfather of them. Uh, neither do I. Like, this isn't... Like, like, like if that panda's parents dies, there's no way I'm going to take them home. Well, maybe it's they... Sergio, it's not as, one, it's not as good as Sergio Aguero's, is it? And two, again, with, with the park... Do you reckon there was some sort of, like, Parks and Rec-S, Tux and Flipper backlash to sort of this in, in, <laughs> interspecies godfathering? Unless they mean godfather in the sort of goodfellas sense. <laughs> I was like, the pimp way. That's, that's, that's much worse. <laughs> you know, instead of saying Goodfellas, you could have said, like, The Godfather, The Movie. Well, I, yeah, but that, if I, I said... That. <laughs> you might not have realised I was talking about a movie if I said The Godfather like The Godfather. Okay, sorry. The Godfather, The Book. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yes. <laughs> right, uh, also in the Europa League uh, this week, Celtic beat Ferenc Varos 2-0. Uh, Pats and Dakar scored all four goals as Leicester beat um, Spartak th- uh, 4-3. And then tonight in the Conference League, Vitesse Arnhem beat Spurs uh, 1-0. But Bodo Glimt have beat Roma 6-1. Jose Mourinho's uh, Roma 6-1 with three goals in ten minutes. That was pretty fun to watch. Uh, right, the Premier League. So, um, Premier League on Friday. Remember to get your fantasy teams done early because uh, it is Arsenal versus Aston Villa and the Robert Perez derby on Friday. Um, Arsenal got a last, last gasp draw versus Palace. Uh, Villa lost 2-1. Uh, sorry, they lost 3-2, didn't they, against Wolves. Um, uh, Simon was a joy to listen to on the podcast, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's changed for being me, I suppose. He sounded like a man who had sort of had a hand rammed up his backside and pulled his stomach out. He sounded absolutely gutted, didn't he? Um, Aubameyang has scored... Is that a well-known phrase? <laughs> <laughs> it is now. I think I'm going to sort of try and progress that. I'm going to use that in meetings at work. And feels like an English thing that I just don't understand. <laughs> I'd love to tell you what it was. <laughs> <laughs> But the, the best I've got is it's a Cornish thing that none of us understand. <laughs> I'll send you some videos. No. Uh, <laughs> no videos. <laughs> uh, Abamian scored uh, three at home um, in his oh, in his last three at home. He's got 42 goals in total at the Emirates. Uh, only Robin van Persie has scored more with 46. Uh, and each of the last nine meetings in the Premier League has um, produced three goals. And Villa won the last three uh, of these fixtures. So... Um, not as easy as uh, as maybe some people might think it was. Villa, I think, probably want to go out after 
or sort of get a win after the last weekend, don't they, Dave? Yeah, um, Villa should probably be better than what they are with the players they've got, but they kind of had a few injuries and things like that. And it, it'll be a good game, I think. I think both teams will go for it. So I hope football wins, Chris. <laughs> This is just ten sort of predictions of me saying I hope football wins. You want to dial off? You want to dial off now? <laughs> is this a, is this your attempt to try and sabotage Chris inviting you back? Yes. Um, no, I don't think anything's more of a kick in the teeth to Arsenal fans to make it clear that they're not playing European football for making them play on Friday night and on Mondays. Sure. But... You can play in Europe and play on Monday nights. Yeah. Barcelona do it. Do they? Okay. You know they do. You keep roasting me about the fact that they play on Monday night. Not in the same week, though. They'll do it. Well, actually, I think we might have. Okay. Can't turn down the TV money at that stage, Chris. No, every penny. Every, every, every penny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dance for nickels. <laughs> will work for food uh, okay so what do we reckon to this game then Arsenal versus Aston Villa um, Adam and Emma we're always moments away from Arsenal doing Arsenal stuff yeah this is, is at home this is at home you can pop up and Arsenal. have a look well no it just helps me work out what my, what my evening plans are going to be tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the main thing I use this podcast for Chris <laughs> <laughs> what I really just need is our Arsenal at home sort of alert on my phone um, uh, Arsenal will win. Yeah. Okay. Dave, did I ask you? I think I did, didn't I? Football's gonna win. Football's gonna win. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Villa will win. I think you might be right. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, twelve thirty. Chelsea versus Norwich in the Robert Fleck derby on BT Sport. Uh, obviously, no Lukaku and Werner, like we just said. Um, Bencher will have scored in his last three in the Premier League, so obviously Chelsea don't need to worry. Uh, Norwich have got two clean sheets in their last two games, but they haven't won at uh, the Stamford Bridge since 1994. Um, not many of those players are still playing now, I guess, for Norwich City, so <laughs> they might be up against it. Yeah, I don't think you can really put that in the form book, can you? No. <laughs> Ever, what do you reckon? I don't think football will be the winner. <laughs> do you not? <laughs> Adam, can you make no, a case no for Norwich? How much Dave hopes. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, we're going to come to Newcastle in a second, but Jamie Redknapp, when talking about the Newcastle owners on uh, Sunday, did say if you sort of look into the background of all Premier League owners, you'll realise they're up to some very nefarious stuff, which did make me think what has Delia Smith been up to? Um, yeah, yeah, you don't want no good that soup. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> he's right fifty percent of the time because the other fifty percent of the time they're in the championship. So, oh, okay. Uh, are we all going for a Chelsea win on this one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, three o'clock then, Dave. This is what you're here for, Chris. Mm. Only one more game, and then you can go if you want to, uh, Chris. <laughs> Crystal Palace versus Newcastle, three o'clock, the Johan Kebab derby. Um, 90% of Palace games so far, they've scored uh, second. Um, no, they've scored in the second half. Uh, and Newcastle conceded most goals in the second half. They conceded um, 11 in total. Uh, Palace have beaten at home so far. Callum Wilson's got five in five. Dave, you full of confidence now? He's gone. He's gone, but we're still not very good. That's the problem. Um, <laughs> I'm actually quite intrigued to see how we how we get on because uh, Jones is 
apparently had uh, got some good ideas, but we don't know how many have actually been implemented or not. And obviously, he did well with England apparently in the, in the summer when he was working with them. So um, I'm hoping it'll be um, you know a bit like the handbrake being off because Bruce is gone, and they might play better, but. Our problem hasn't really been scoring goals, it's been keeping them out. I think we've got the worst defence in the league, so the stats you've just, um, uh, you just said there are quite damning. Has, has Alisson Maximan stopped having an emotional breakdown? <laughs> well, let's hope he does it for Brucey, his good pal Brucey. <laughs> um, where were you when you heard the news then? Well, on Thursday, um, I was I was at work. but well, when, they, told... when they sacked him, sorry, the news that they sacked him. Yeah, so I, I, I was told on Wednesday he'd been sacked but we were waiting for the official news, so I, I put notifications on my phone, um, which I forgot about until I was at work on Thursday, and it popped up, and I was like, oh, that's fantastic news. So, yes, I was nowhere exciting. I was just at work. Yeah, your little sort of knee slide across the office. Well, I'm just pleased. Like it, It's like having... I, I made this comparison on Sunday. It was like when, when Sunes got sacked. Like, it was just... He was such a, a nightmare of a man. He brought everyone else down around him. Mm. Um, and just, I'm hoping him just being removed will mean that everyone goes up ten percent. So apparently the decision was mutual consent, which I take it means everyone at Newcastle decided he should go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what mutual consent tends to mean. Um, I, I think mutual consent meant that he was given eight million reasons to go. Yes, I think yeah. he was, wasn't he, Dave? Yeah, I mean, um, most managers would have been sacked a long time before now. Um, we went through a stage last season where we won, we won two in 24, um, which is poor by anybody's book. And if you put it across a whole season, it's something like seven wins in 38. Um, it's awful. And even the games we did win, we, we barely ever sort of dominated a game and won easily. We, we, we the type of team who gets battered and, and sneaks a goal from a corner later on, um, which we became quite good at. I mean, Adam, you'll know, was one game <laughs> where we played Everton. And we didn't have a shot on target until the 93rd minute and we were 2-0 down and we somehow drew 2-2. And it's just, it doesn't make any sense, and he, he, he rode his luck a lot of the time. Um, but also, as, as, a, as a man, like it makes me actually quite sick hearing the amount of people who are sticking up for him when, um, I think it was the Villa podcast who said, to, to know Bruce the, the man, you've got to help Bruce the manager. And he spent the last, whatever it's been, two and a half, three years, just telling everyone how how poor we are as a club and as a, you know as fans who weren't even in the stadium for the most part of his tenure so I can blame the fans I don't really know um, he's he's one of these managers who years ago he could get away with saying well you know we've worked really hard today and you know we've played better than the team and we should have got something but we didn't and 20 years ago he could say that and no one was really bat an island but now within minutes everyone's got the stats up which say we didn't run as far as the team we didn't have as much possession we didn't have as many shots corners our XG was lower there's so much working against him now he can't just come out with his bluster and he didn't like that he got called out on that pretty much every week and he put it down as abuse but it was just people pointing out his many many flaws so hey. I'm delighted he's gone have you ever called him a cabbage head? I haven't I've, I've purposely stayed away from personal insults him because he, there's enough to insult him about on his football and merit than going down the route of being fat or ugly or having a head like a cabbage or anything else that allegedly been been thrown got, out. Got him ready though on the back burner in case you needed them. <laughs> well, it didn't just, take just... you long to get to them, did it? <laughs> well, just in, in the case. Old <laughs> <laughs> just in case, you never know what, if he ever starts on me. Um, uh, but but no, uh, uh, the, I'm never going to condone personal abuse. Loads of managers get it on Twitter and whatever else, and it's you know it's never right. But 
um, for him to stand there and, and reel them off. Um, I think it's one of his other favourite sayings was, "I'm very, very thin, uh, very, very thick-skinned." Um, when actually he's probably the most thin-skinned man we've ever had, and that anything that's ever been said about him seems to upset him. What uh, thinner skin he, than Joe here? He is a lizard. He doesn't really have skin. So <laughs> he, he, he um, I mean, he was he was a lunatic from day one. But um, Bruce uh, is just full of bluster, and people like Danny Murphy have, have caused this, in my opinion, because they've stoked the flames for for months um, by just basically lying and just saying what he would want them to say and I don't know if any who watched the game on Sunday where towards the end of the match Tyler and Hinchcliffe and everyone else who would listen were just reeling off Steve Bruce's CV and how you know other clubs be lined up to, to take him on when he get when he when he loses his job with us and you just think he's been at so many clubs and done so little <laughs> like he's reached a thousand games which alright great but he's finished about that what, reaching, you, a th- reaching a thousand games, I think. I think he held out for that thousandth game and was like, uh, just yeah. let me have that. Well, apparently, he would have made a thousand in our last game before Spurs, which was Wolves, but he was at pains to point out that his first game as, as Birmingham manager, he wasn't really in charge. He was in, he was in the, the stand or something, whatever it would have been at the time. Um, and that was because our thousandth game was due to be on TV against Spurs, and he would get a nice, I don't know, send-off or... That was optimistic of him. <laughs> I know, I know, and I, I, and obviously that was before the takeover happened. So I honestly believe that's why he said it, because um, he's a bit of an egotist. But, so uh, is Steve Bruce related to Ronald Coleman? <laughs> <laughs> they look quite similar, don't they? <laughs> They're both really shit at management. They are, and we'll probably have Ronald Coleman next at this rate. <laughs> well, some of the names I mean, that mentioned with Steve, with Steve Bruce's money, though, he could now go and build a bigger villa to the other side of Louis Van Gaal. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> he could go, go Bruce Van Gaal Coleman. Um, so apparently, Paolo Fonseca is in talks. Other names that have been mentioned are Eddie Howe, Roberto Martinez, uh, Lucien Favre, and Simon Jordan has recommended Big Sam today, Dave. I'm sure he has, yeah. Well, we've been down the Big Sam Road, and I don't think we'll be going back anytime soon. Who of those would you like? Because Paolo Fonseca took Roma to fifth in the first season. Second season, I, he took him to seventh, but he was never, ever universally popular at uh, at Roma. Well, I think with, with us, we, we just need someone who's um, who's got lots of top-flight experience, not necessarily in England, but you know, not someone who's taking a chance which rules out the likes of Lampard and probably Gerard as well to be fair um, I'm, still here, I'm still here a big Sam from that <laughs> I know I know but <clears throat> there's, there's top flight and there's you know bottom feed and top flight which he teams up which, which he failed to do um, I, it won't be any of those sort of dinosaur type managers I'm, I'm very confident we'll be going the continental route um, we apparently wanted out of football as well which is obviously quite a quite a continental thing um, I like like, like how, how, how new how eh? you get a little bit of money <laughs> of you. I know well fancy Dan's directors of footballs we, we, we had we had Joe Kinnear as a director of football for about two months uh, and you had Dennis Wise didn't you we did yes so hopefully better than that <laughs> um, the Cockney Mafia exactly yeah um, I like the, the sound of Fonseca I think he talks a good game but Fundamentally, we don't have the players to do what he wants to do. Um, like, like most of the fan base have watched the, the TFO video of uh, 
with how Fonseca's team's play, and other than Fabian Shaw, who have a wonderful time passing the ball I'm, out on the back. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still here in Big Sam. Is there, a, is there a case? I mean, not Big Sam, but is there a case of getting like a steady hand just to give him the contract to the end of this season, keep you guys up, and then you can go splurge your money next season? Because staying in the Premiership is the biggest thing at the moment, isn't it? It is a, it is a big thing, but. It's part of the things that I'd rather appoint someone for a longer term and if we happen to get relegated, which again, the players we've got really shouldn't be down there. Like, I, I don't think we've got the second or third worst team in the league by a long shot. Um, I think any top level manager should be able to get more out of this, this squad than what, than what Bruce managed. Um, it's not going to happen overnight, of course it's not, but um, we should be able to beat Little home games coming up against Norwich and Burnley, um, which should be a good route to points. Um, get to January, get a couple of new signings in, and then I think we'll, you know, we'll be all right. It'll be nothing fantastic, but we we, we should stay up. Um, I'd rather do that under a manager who's then going to be there for the next season and you know season beyond that, and we can start building now. I think it's, I think it'd be naive to appoint someone just for the end of the season because then you're just having to start again in in eight months' time or whenever it'll be. Um, and it's not that much of a disaster yet. We've got 30 games to go. Um, it's not like we're really that far adrift either. I think a single win will get us out the bottom three, all being, you know, all being well. So um, I, I would rather appoint someone for the, for the longer term now if we can. Should what, you what get if Keegan just cleared his <laughs> <laughs> Should you get relegated, uh, or if they, if you, if the Newcastle get relegated, should players, um, uh, should players accept the invite to visit the Saudi uh, embassy? Uh, I probably probably would give that a wide berth if I were them. <laughs> uh, have you ever worn any inappropriate clothing? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know, without starting a, a, a race war, um, I just feel like it was probably done in jest as a sort of, we're happy to have you as our owners, but I can understand why it would offend people. And I'm pleased they've been told to stop because it's one thing wearing a tea towel on your head but it's another thing is the guy who came dressed as bin salman to the you know the thursday night party when we got taken over i think there's a lot of education needs to be done around you know the background of that group um i don't think there's an awful lot we as fans can do about it i think obviously you know better men have tried type thing but um it's definitely something that cannot just be brushed aside um and i think stopping them coming dressed as, as as, uh, Saudi Arabia is, is a good start. Did you wish you'd opened a tea towel shop in Newcastle a couple of weeks ago? Um, considering there was a, a one pub that said it was three pints for anyone who came dressed in a tea towel, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been a good business for a few weeks. I saw your exchange... <laughs> Just outside. <laughs> Selling them for a tenner. I saw your exchange on Twitter with James Montague um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yes. I'm going to stop using Twitter. I've just gone to so many fights the last few weeks, which, <laughs> which isn't really my nature, to be honest, but I just couldn't help myself. I think, do you know what? I know we've talked about this in the WhatsApp group, and I don't feel any different than the fact that they're a disgusting regime that obviously do own your club because there are links between PIF and the Saudi government. But I do feel very sorry for uh your average newcastle fan like yourself who's obviously a sort of a decent person with a good set of morals but just wants to forget about the world on a saturday afternoon and watch your team come on every week chris (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i I, 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 yeah do you see what i mean i mean you're not you're not sort of you're not there with a green flag outside the sort of the stadium but you've got to sort of 
you just want to forget the world and watch football but at the same time there is that sort of enormous elephant in the room isn't there well exactly yeah and I mean as I said at the time the, the Thursday night party when we got taken over wasn't necessarily because the Saudis were in it was because Ashley was gone I think that party would have happened if you know if if, if we'd bought the club it wouldn't have you know it was all just getting rid of Ashley who's been this massive enemy of the fan base for the last 14 years um, it's obviously a massive bonus that we're now effectively the richest club in the world but um like I said earlier, I think there's a lot of education needs to be done around who the owners are, and I know effectively the Premier League have said there's no link between the PIF and the embassy, but let's be honest, the same guy is. runs both. So <laughs> I thought the David Squire cartoon where it was, you saw this, where it was uh, who runs the who runs the embassy, this guy, and he's got, you know, it's um, I, I don't know how we got away with that to be quite honest with you, um, but. We have, and we have to respect that apparently. Um, but I also think we as fans can do our bit by, you know, not turning up uh, with Saudi Arabian flags draped around us and generally, you know, respecting what's gone on over there and hoping, if anything else, that it can maybe raise some awareness of what's going on over there. But again, it's not really down to football fans to try and sort this out. Um, you know, the government deal with Saudi Arabia um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a first and foremost. Uh, and that's you know that's not a, the average football fan's problem. And I'm going to guess so if, we're, if we're leaving it to the if we're leaving it to the government, does that mean that really Marcus Rashford's going to be the solution to this problem? I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, probably. <laughs> when, when he signs when he signs for us next season, he'll uh, he'll, <laughs> he, he'll sort all of that out. So your forward line next season is going to be Marcus Rashford, Ansu Fati, and Joel Linton. Probably yes. And Mbappe. 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 No, we don't know if you've got Joel Linton. He's already wearing number seven. Mbappe's not going to get in the team. Ah, that's it. I mean, Joel Linton's already moved numbers once. He's not going to do it again. Exactly. I think uh, this is the other thing that this, this keeps coming up as well. If we're going to sign all these world-class players, we're, we're just not. <laughs> it might take a number of years before we get anywhere near signing anyone of of, uh, of that level. Uh, for now, I think we'll be. That's why it's exciting to see who your Alano is going to be. Well, this is the problem, isn't it, Adam? I mean, everyone, the, the odd idiot has said, "Oh, they're going to sign Mbappe." Realistically, we're going to sign James Tarkovsky, and you know, <laughs> that was, and, and that's that going to be my favourite bit of the squad. Yeah. <laughs> and that's going, that's going to be, <laughs> and that's going to be thrown back at us. But oh, all the Newcastle fans said they were going to sign Mbappe, and instead they got Tarkovsky. Ha ha, bloody ha. We're going to pickpocket the teams around us um, because I'm looking, that's, I'm that's how it's going to work. First, the first Newcastle fan who gets like a a um, a caca tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Like that Man City fan. <laughs> um, if you're a Newcastle player at the moment, obviously it's very exciting. But um, I think probably uh, realistically, unless you're Alanson Maximum, you're not a long-term part of this Newcastle uh, squad, are you? So, uh, how would you feel? Would you want to bust the gut to stay in the Premier League, knowing you're going to get sold? Uh, I think you've got to put yourself in the shop window. No one's going to want to buy players who get relegated and don't try. And you know, it'll be fairly apparent because we'll be. As the season goes on, if we're still in the bottom three, we're going to be more in the microscope than ever. And if you know, all of a sudden, oh, well, it looks, turns out Joe Willock isn't running very far, or he's not passing, or he's not scoring, then all of a sudden, no one wants to buy you um, because you become tainted a little bit. Um, so I, I don't think there's too much of a risk of that. I think also players don't want a relegation on their CV. Well, unless you rob Green. Well, I know some have many. You know, Nigel <laughs> Quasi, no, Quasi has about seven, but I don't think it's a badge of honour. So. Um, I, I'm not too worried about that, to be honest. I think certainly the the better ones, the you know the Willicks, Wilson, Saint Maximin, Dubravka, um, they would probably see themselves as as being part of it in the in the long run anyway. Yeah. 
um, certainly for the next three or four years. Um, and if you know if they help take us up the league, great. Um, but there's some who undoubtedly probably won't last much longer. Um, Paul Dummett must be packing his bags as we speak, I imagine. <laughs> um, right, so that's Newcastle. You're more than welcome to stay, of course you are. Uh, we'll go on to Everton versus Watford, three o'clock in the Z Cars derby. Um, I've just seen Decore is out injured, Adam. Yeah. Is that a big issue for you? It's a problem. <laughs> uh, Everton uh, against Watford at home in the Premier League. Um, they played 13. Everton have won 11 and drawn two. Uh, that is their best record versus one opponent at home in the Premier League. Um, however, they have lost five out of eight recently against uh, against promoted teams. How do you reckon you're going to get on, Adam? Again, football won't be the winner. It won't be? No. Does that mean one of the teams will be the winner? <laughs> oh, what, I, I, didn't, I didn't realise football being the winner was was a, a suit for a draw. Oh, is that what you think is going to happen, is it? No. What? Come on. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Do you listen to the words that people say? Yes. I don't, I don't understand them all the while, but... <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, Evan are atrocious... And we will continue to be atrocious, but Watford are worse. But you've had a good start at home, haven't you? I remember reading the stat out last week that you won your first three or four at home this season. And I told you we were going to lose, didn't I? And what happened? We did lose. Were you bad at losing? Because it was only 1-0, wasn't it? So were you bad? We were or... bad at losing. We were really good at losing. <laughs> no. was it, I know it was 1-0, but was it an, a lucky 1-0 to them or were you just outplayed? No, we were just rubbish. Was the game that you told me not to put on? Yeah. Emma, cheer him up. I can't. They they were rubbish. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Watford are Watford are worse. However, I watched Watford lose five nil. Yeah, Watford are worse. Well, that means Everton will win then, surely. Yeah, yeah they'll cancel each other out, and it'll be a draw. Yeah. Richarlison's back training. Oh, okay. Adam, Adam, can I ask you about Benitez? Obviously, a favourite subject of mine. Were you? Um, sort of against him because of his Liverpool roots or you were you never really on that train? No, I didn't really care about that. I was against him because um, I he's football and I would like to see us have a more progressive approach and a more exciting brand of football than something under Benitez. I think it does have something to do with the Liverpool connections because about 18 months ago you refused to retweet a Man on the Post tweet that had a picture of Jordan Henderson on. But no one's saying I don't have problems there's an anti-Liverpool agenda here. I'm very proud of you. I'm not, I'm not trying to hide that. Fair enough. Uh, okay, Leeds versus Wolves. Um, three o'clock the Barry Douglas derby. So Wolves have won their last three uh, at Leeds and conceded no goals. Um... Six points from eight games for Leeds. That's the worst start to a season since 1988. Uh, and Leeds have faced 48 shots on target so far. That's the most in the Premier League. Last season, they averaged 5.2 shots uh, a game. This season, they've only averaged 3.9. So um, they're not doing very well at either end of the pitch so far, are they, Emma? Uh, those were some numbers you read out. They were. were you and listening if they to are them? accurate, then that would suggest they are not doing very well. If how dare you? It's a fairly, it's a fairly big if, isn't it? <laughs> it's a pretty big caveat. Okay. You basically, 
I went, well, that's looking dodgy for Leeds, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's not looking very good for them, no. He's Bielsa. I mean, Bielsa, I guess, isn't under any pressure because he's Bielsa, but it's not a great start, is it? They're not going to sack him, though, are they? No, I don't think they are. But... I don't think he gets a sack, Bielsa. I think just he decides to leave on a random he rainy does, yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> Where is um, he? he lives in Weatherby, doesn't he? I think he's quite um, he's quite happy with living there. Oh, it's Lloyd Grossman. <laughs> above a sweet shop, I understand. Yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> but I know when he's happy. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to live above... Would you rather live above when, a sweet shop or a chip I, shop? When, when Chris found this much information out about me, the next thing I, I got sent was a, a Google Street View of my own house. <laughs> so, you know, so better watch out. You've done the exact same thing with my house as well when you sent me those cycling shorts. I actually, I actually used to um, live above a chip shop. Did you? What Why was it like? Why anybody want to live above a chip shop? Surely it smells of fish. I was uh, thinking your proximity to fish and chips. And stale grease. No, I didn't smell that bad. You're Te- a strange bunch of people. <laughs> Technically, I lived above a taxi sh- a taxi what do you call it not a taxi shop is it you don't buy a taxi, <laughs> a taxi office yeah but was but it was next to the fish in the same block and next to the fish and chip shop and the family who ran the fish and chip shop owned the flat that I was renting that sounds like a front for some sort of organised crime the fish and chips weren't that bad <laughs> if that was organised crime he was spending far too much time cutting up potatoes like <laughs> I, I've seen The Sopranos and not once did I see Tony Soprano doing manual labour <laughs> uh, Okay, so what do you reckon to Leeds versus Wolves then? I'm going to go Wolves a win, I think Oh, Leeds yeah. all the way oh, I'm still, Yeah, I'm not getting off the Leeds train Yeah, No? Never okay. uh, uh, Ross, uh, Ross uh, might have done, I, think, I, I think Wolves will win, just to, just to tie it up I think so uh, Southampton versus Burnley, last time match of the day I'm going for uh, 3 o'clock with Charlie Austin Derby uh, Saints did the double over Burnley last year That's all I've written down that's all you need. <laughs> Concise. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to... I mean, Burnley haven't won so far this year, have they? No, no, they haven't. But neither have we. It's so. a game of football that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Nil-nil, last of the match of the day. It seems that football's losing quite a lot of the time here, Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's not, the, it's not the greatest fixture for the uh, the football lover, is it? Well, how about this then? Brighton versus Manchester City on Sky at half past five. The uh, Gareth Barry derby. Um, last season, when Man- when Brighton beat Manchester City, Manchester City uh, Pep got very upset at Graham Potter celebrating too much. Um, when they came down from 2-0 down to win 3-2. Previously, City had won the previous seven with an aggregate of 21-2. So, is Potter going to be cheering again come quarter past seven? My only question is, did Gareth Barry really play for Brighton? And why do I remember that? It was, a, <laughs> it was the end of his career, I'm sure it was. That sounds like a lie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a quiz, I'm not testing you all. These are actual genuine things I've written down. Well, did you know that, you know Dan Byrne, massive lad? Yeah. From, from up here. Um, he scored the winner for Brighton against Man City last season. He um, is missing one of his fingers. Yes, I did know that, yes. Yeah. Oh, he's never, played, he never played for Brighton. Oh, he's, yeah, his youth career at Brighton did Gareth Barry. Yeah, oh. Don't worry, I'm currently Wikipedia in that right now. <laughs> Please let it be chainsaw accident. No, he um he tried to jump over a fence and got like he had a ring on his finger it's and it got always stuck. Always a on... fence, isn't it? Uh, oh. it, got, it got 
someone I worked someone I worked with was there with him at the time. Fences and, uh, are the enemy of fingers. They are. <laughs> I try not to stick my fingers in fences. What a claim to fame! I was in. I was there when a Premier League footballer lost his finger in a fence. I know. I know. Not me, but. Yeah. My um, dad, when he Gareth, was. Gareth Barry was born in Hastings, so just down the road. My dad, when he was young, was uh, setting out some barbed wire fence. So the uh, tractor driver was unfurling it as he was driving along. My dad's job was to hammer it into the uh, the posts into the ground. And then just as he got to the very end, the first post unfolded. And then it all went ping, 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 ping. And uh, sort of rolled itself back up again, entangling my dad and sort of completely lacerating him from head to toe with um, barbed wire. My nana's cure for it was to pour salt all over him. Oh. <laughs> Passed out with the pain. I just, I just want to pick you up on your Gareth Barry thing. Okay. Because <laughs> I googled it, because there was no way it could be true. He did not play for them at the end of his career. He played for West Brom. He played for the start yeah. of his career. I've got... No, no, he never played. For, he played. He, he was in their academy because he was born in Hastings. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the Gareth I, Barry derby. I mean, he was there. I think this is a very tenuous Well, it's like saying that all of the players have been to the all of the stadiums because they played in the Premier League. So it's whichever it's derby not. you want it to be. That's not true. Because he was actually at Brighton. It says Brighton Hove Albion in his Wikipedia. It doesn't say yeah, it, Carlisle United. Career. Under what? Under youth career, not senior career. Well, he was still there. Look, it does for me. All right. You try finding two players that have played for Manchester, or a player that's played for Manchester City and Brighton. Yeah, see, I wouldn't bother. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. Uh, are we all going for a Manchester City win? No. No, you're not? Okay, what are you going for? No, I, I want Brighton to win because I really like Angry Pep. That's my favourite Pep. I mean, what you want and what might happen could well be two separate things, though. So I always get what I want, Chris. Oh, do you? Okay. <laughs> no, never. Um, but I would really like Brighton to win. I think they can win. Why yeah. not? Okay, fair enough. Boys? I mean, I'd like Brighton to win, but I think... I think they probably won't. That's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> They've oh. played quite well without winning a few times recently. And Man City just seem to win 1-0 every week. So. You've got such little faith. <laughs> Adam? <Yeah. laughs> um, I am supposed to be on the, the Brighton train, but I don't think they're going to win. But oh, I am too, just disappointing now. But I am, I am too busy trying to find a player who's played for Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to Sunday then. Two o'clock, Brentford versus Leicester in the Dean Smith derby, but not that one. Uh, Jamie Vardy scored his last four Premier League games. Uh, Brentford at home, they've lost uh, two and conceded five out of their seven goals at home um, against Leicester, I think. I don't know. Forget that statistic. Uh, Leicester got zero clean sheets away. <laughs> Leicester got zero... Playing Leicester, but they kind of already How did you lose? to them. How did you lose so much faith in that? <laughs> it didn't look right. Because it, 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 it can't be right. Well, you talk about the game and I'll try and find the how you think it's going to work out. Because Leicester played tonight and... No, they played on Wednesday, didn't they, in the Europa League? I'm firmly on the Brentford train. I think they're great. They are, aren't they? Every time I, like, I think they're going to you know, get battered, they play really well. Like I thought Chelsea would turn them over quite comfortably last weekend and it was anything but. They only just beat them. Uh, Adam? I'm still looking at the, the most <laughs> Brighton players. 
That's a, that's a conundrum. Okay, both of Prem, uh, Brentford's Premier League defeats so far have come in home matches, uh, while five of their seven goals conceded in the competition have come at home. That's what I meant to say. Uh, that makes more sense. Yes. Well, it's, uh, Emma's going to want Brentford to win because she's still on, on the train. Well, I'm quite happy I'm for Leicester to win. firmly aboard that train. Oh, they're playing Leicester. Sorry, I'm paying so little attention. I'm just picking up. So they're playing Leicester. Yeah, I want Brentford to win as well. Okay, Dave? Uh, I think it'll be a draw. Okay. Uh, West Ham versus Spurs, 2 o'clock on Sky in the Matty Edrington derby, whose uncle owns a meat shop down the road from me. Uh, Spurs have won <laughs> Edrington... Meat shop? Yeah, he's a... Um, well, it's not a meat a shop, butcher. is it? No, he's not a meat shop, it's a butcher. He's a, um, he's a meat distributor. Um, Edrington's Meats of Red Roof. Uh, so a wholesale butcher. No, it's not a butcher. No, it's a distribution centre. So they sort of sell it door to door. So he, they get they load it in their vans. Door to door, door to door. <laughs> door, to door. They, they load it in the. <laughs> they load it Why in their. Do things on your island. They load it in um into the sort of meat van and then drive it to butchers, and give it to the butchers. The so meat van. <laughs> yeah, meat van. Van made of meat. It's one of Lady Gaga's. Special van just for when. When did butchers stop just getting their own meat? Like, surely this is like an unnecessary like third part of the transaction. Yeah, they're sort of some sort of middleman making fat on the other two, aren't they? This mm. feels like a front for organised crime. It does. <laughs> Matty Edmonton's I don't, think, on... I don't think they make the fat. I think the, the fat comes on the meat, Chris. Hey. Well, hey. Anyway, his uncle is a meat distributor. Uh, and we'll have this conversation again when Spurs play West Ham later in the season. Um... <laughs> Spurs won three out of four at the London Stadium, but uh, they have lost their last four London derbies against uh, all uh, other London opponents. Uh, West Ham got four points from Spurs last season, and they beat you at the weekend, didn't they, Adam? All right, don't just keep going on. <laughs> and Spurs have lost tonight in the Conference League, of course, haven't they? So uh, I'm going to go West Ham on this one. Where is it? Is it at the Spurs Stadium? No, it's at the London Stadium. Oh, okay. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Are you googling? Is someone googling if it's at the London Stadium. <laughs> you fancy West Ham, sorry, Dave? Do you say? Yes, I've been very impressed with West Ham this season. I think they um, they've looked looked the part. They played you guys on the first day, didn't they? They did, and they won four two. That's right. You were two. I'm not going to rub it in, but you were two 0 up, weren't you? Been, been there, Dave. Don't worry we, about we, it. We, we, we weren't two 0 up. We were um, one nil and two one up, oh, okay. and then managed, managed to lose four two. Although they got a pen, which wasn't a pen. Which we saved, and they scored the rebound. So, do you think if he'd held on to that lead, Bruce would still be in? It'd be a completely different season now. No, I don't think there's any any alternative universe where the Saudi billionaires buy the club and say, you know what, we want Steve Bruce to continue as long as possible. <laughs> uh, okay, finally, um, half past four on Sky. It's Manchester United versus Liverpool in the almost Gabriel Ainsa derby. Um, Manchester United, their last there's ten. So many players that have played. Clubs. I don't think it's been done since about 1962. One's gone That's to the other. That's never stopped you before. Paul Ince, gone from one to he, he played, didn't he? There both you go. Teams. There you go. Yeah, well, that was quite recent. Yeah, Ince. Paul Ince won number nine for Liverpool or Middlesbrough, one of the two. Middlesbrough. Um, yeah, Middlesbrough. That was a very weird thing. Um, Manchester United last ten versus Liverpool. They won one, drawn six, lost three. Uh, and as we said about um, Liverpool, they are. Uh, unbeaten in 18 away in the Premier League and scored at least three in their last five games. So Liverpool are very much on fire at the moment. Manchester United, I guess, will be buoyed by that win um, against Atalanta. And I suppose this is one of these games where form goes out the window, doesn't it, um, Adam? 
Out of the window, Chris, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it goes out the window and lands on a meat van that's passing by. <laughs> um, how do you think it's going to go? I generally have this horrible feeling that Manchester United are going to win. I think we are as well. I always think we're going to lose. I hate this fiction. Yeah, but yours is just pessimism. Yes. Mine's irrational. In this case, though, are they, aren't they the lesser of two evils? Oh, I'm not saying I'm in, I'm not in favour of it. Unless they're two evils. It doesn't, it doesn't feel likely. Surely this is the good of Liverpool versus the like the Luke Skywalkers of Liverpool versus the evil empire of Chris, Manchester United. Chris, there's a situation where, you, where Liverpool get to be the Luke Skywalkers. <laughs> <laughs> Surely it's that. Liverpool are the Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> no, because Palpatine's cool. I don't know who they are. But anyway, that's that analogy. Uh, okay, what one do they want to be then? The Darth Maul? Darth Maul was cool. I'd, I'd be Darth Maul. He should have lasted more than one film. See, the problem here is that uh, I think if we could go through uh, Emma's actually going to conclude that all of the bad guys were quite cool. So. Yeah, I am. Um, Jar Jar Binks always reminded me of Rio Ferdinand. Good guy, Chris. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? But he was also very annoying. Yeah. I'm not convinced you've actually seen it. I think you're trying to come to that conclusion from watching Spaced. No, I've watched the um, I've watched the first one of those, whatever it was, The Phantom Menace. That was the first one, wasn't it? Oh, for God's sake! So I watched the original ones, and then I right, watched okay, The Phantom right. Menace with Darth with Darth Maul and Liam Neeson. In. Yeah, that's what he's called. <laughs> that's right, he played Liam Neeson. <laughs> How's he any of the others? Nor do I intend to. Um, Dave, what do you reckon is going to happen here? Cheer me up. Is it going to be a, a magnificent Scouse victory? Um, well, this fiction is, seems to be always nil-nil, but um, I suppose Liverpool absolutely... season, was it 3-4-1 in the end? <clears throat> Wayne Bridge played for Liverpool, played for Brighton and Manchester City. Oh, he did, oh, didn't he? I suppose he did. He did. Well done. Yeah. Um, oh, that took some time. <laughs> exactly. You see what I was having to sort of contend with. That's why I went for Gareth Barry. What page on Google did you get to? Uh, if I'm honest with you, I just went through. I just kept going through uh, Brighton squads from on TransferMarket.co.uk and from and it, I had to go all the way back to 2012. So it's taken a while. Exactly. I just use Google. Yeah, I tried Googling that, but if you Google played for Manchester City and Brighton, you don't get much. No, we get Gareth Barry. Well, you get lies is what you get. <laughs> you fraudulently get Gareth. Uh, sorry, David, we went off topic there. You were saying Liverpool tend to draw these games. I just still remember this game being awful. Like, Sky built it up a long time and then it finishes 0-0 with, like, one shot on target. But Liverpool are so good at the moment um, like you say was it three goals into the last how many games five yeah it's hard to see them not scoring um, is, is Rafa Varane still injured yes I asked, I asked this last week because I don't know how much I don't know how much you saw of um, of uh, I had from the goal show day but um, he's got some problems <laughs> there's an opportunity there yeah. was um, well, is Harry Maguire fit did he look fit well, he scored and he seemed fine. <laughs> I know he scored. I know, but... I know you think it was Kevin Maguire, but it was. <laughs> he played He's... 90 minutes and scored. He did okay. 
Yeah. He was getting some, he was getting some stick for the Atlanta squad ahead of him a corner, I think, and he was yeah, it was his man. That, but... that was um, Luke Shaw's man. He actually, I think, actually, he comes across to try and save the day and ends up making yeah. himself look the look the worst off at that point. To be honest, I feel like that happens a lot with Maguire. I think it's a lot of stick, but he is fundamentally solid. quite good. Like he's not like he's not world class, but he's fairly solid. Like you say, like I don't think he gets, he doesn't deserve as much stick as he gets, but. Um, that Liverpool attack should score at least once, if not more. So, has this I got? Think it'll be a, I think it'll be a draw. But if I had to pick a winner, I'd say Liverpool. Has this got David De Gea masterclass? Uh, Rashford, eighty-five minutes, one nil, written all over it. No. Good. When was the last time you saw David De Gea do some sort of masterclass? Uh, he. Uh, yeah, he did do one against Liverpool, actually, not so long ago at Old Trafford. Did he? Yeah. Did he? Yeah, he did. Um, Manchester United won 3-0, but it was one of those games where <laughs> they like, there were only three shots on target and Liverpool had about 20, and De Gea was saving most of them. That's how you remember it, is it? Yeah. Was that the game where Rashford like turned Alexander-Arnold inside out? No, I don't think that's ever happened, is it? Well... <laughs> One of, one of, one of us are, is saying, are you saying that someone someone's managed to somehow exploit Trent Alexander-Arnold defensively? <laughs> I won't hear it. I don't believe that's happened ever. They're clear lies. <laughs> exactly. Nothing proper about your propaganda, Dave. Um, right, okay. So, uh, that is the end of our Premier League roundup. Uh, anyone got any other business at all? Not for me. No. Okay. Uh, so we're Man on the Post, part of the Man on the Post network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Man on the Post. You can give us a like on Facebook too. Uh, if you like what you hear, you can uh, follow us on Spotify or Acast, Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. And if you follow or subscribe, all your future episodes will fall automatically into your uh, podcast listing device of choice. Uh, if you like what you hear also, you can rate your reviewers on iTunes. Um, all our reviews are uh, fabulously and gratefully received. Uh, you'll be back on Sunday, will you, Dave? Yes. Okay. You'll, you'll be back on Sunday to uh, review the games that we've been previewing with Simon and Ali. Uh, if do you want to pimp your socials, Dave? Yeah, sure. You can find me on Twitter at cm9798, uh, and that's 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 all I am. Find me on there. Okay, Adam. Adam, say what I want. Okay, Emma, you can't follow you, can we? No. Okay, uh, you can follow me at CHingham77. Uh, I was also moonlighting on the Manchester United No Question About That podcast this week, so uh, you can always give that a, a listen as well. It's very good, particularly my bit. Uh, right, guys, uh, thank you ever so much. Uh, thank you for joining us, and always remember to keep your man on the post.